are listening to another episode of That's Entertainment. I am your pop culture maven, Jeff Malone. And with me, as always, live from Hampton, Maine, is my Aunt Beth Woods. How are we doing on this uh, July day, Aunt Beth? I'm doing well. Feels like it's been a while since we've talked. When was it? Uh, I think probably the first week of June that we... uh, when we t- talked with Katie. Yeah, we did our musical episode. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well. We just had a little thunderstorm, but it was a nice, actually, it was a nice day, so I'm doing well. We're about to, well, I think we did hit 90 degrees, and we're going to have more of that over the next week or so. Oh, yeah, some, we've had that before, but I think tomorrow, no, 4th of July is supposed to be really nice. Just yeah, that's like the one nice day we've got coming up in the next in the, the seven-day forecast. Mm. Get some steamy days then. Yeah. Well, yeah, as Aunt Beth, as you said, it's been a while since we've talked to each other um, on on the cast because uh, for most of June we were doing uh, mini episodes, so I was filling the space. Did you catch the? Uh, karaoke corners and the one the mini yeah. episode on jonathan richmond yes i listened to all of them and i just listened to the last karaoke corner for of wesley's so another word at the end you said <laughs> toots and the maytals should not be <laughs> not be used for karaoke <laughs> unless you live unless you're in jamaica yeah <laughs> i'll have to tell wesley that what was that? Not a good choice for karaoke. <laughs> have he and Elizabeth listened to that uh, episode yet? No, I'll have to. T- I haven't talked to him, so I'll have to tell him. Make sure he listens to it when they get a chance. Yeah. So, um, listeners, I'm sure you you probably recall that uh, ever since Aunt Beth and I started uh, making uh, that's entertainment. Uh, Wesley has been engaged, and now this is the uh, first episode we're recording where we can say that uh, his fiance Elizabeth is no longer his fiance. They are now husband and wife. She is an official member of uh, the Woods, Malone, and all of the rest of it clan. I know. Seems crazy. It is kind of strange to feel like my son is married. It's a weird feeling. Yeah. A good feeling, though. You'll have to um, talk to my dad and see if um, he's anticipating that feeling at all. I know. Well, they don't have your, your brother, who's engaged, they don't have a date or anything yet, right? No, they, they do not. My brother... Yeah. Former guest of our Oscars episode, Rob Malone, he is engaged, but have not set a date, and that was that uh, isn't because of the pandemic. They've been yeah. trying to figure out a date for a while now. Actually, um, it's probably good they hadn't at this point. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh. Speaking of talking to my dad, will he will uh, be popping in at some point? Uh, We'll more on that a little bit later, but um, first of all, uh, if you're 
a new listener or an old listener who likes to be reminded of things, on That's Entertainment, we pick a pop culture topic and discuss it according to the three Fs, which are first, favorite, and forever. Today, it's a little different, but also a little the same to an episode we did recently. Uh, we, uh, let's see, I think our last episode in May, I want to say, was uh, the best movies of the 2010s. Now we're moving to the small screen we're doing the best TV comedies of the 2010s. And actually, all of July is best TV of the decade month here at That's Entertainment, because we'll be following this episode up with the best TV dramas of the 2010s. And this is a two-part episode, so you're getting part one on the first Sunday of July, and then part two will follow a week later. And um, so Ampeth and I, we... In selecting our favorite comedies of the decade, we considered anything that can be considered a comedy in terms of TV. So not just sitcoms and also sketch comedy shows, talk shows, or any other weirdos that don't fit easily fit into a category, but made us laugh. They were all considered. And I think, did we specify that they to each other that they had to have aired at least one full season in the last decade? Um, I think so. <clears throat> I don't know if we said that, but we probably should have. Yeah, well, it's too late to change it. <laughs> so ho- hopefully we did follow that, that rule, whether it, if, if it was spoken or not. Um, now, Ampeth has informed me that she came up with some predictions about what she thinks my selections are going to be. And she sent them to my dad, Bob Malone. And we're going to check in with him later in the episode after we've revealed our picks to see how accurate her choices were. So um, I'm not my number order. I'm not saying is correct, but my um, um, uh, betting closely on my choices i think my first three choices are correct in order but the rest i just kind of guess so we shall see that we shall yes Um, (laughs) oh and i think let's so as we reveal our selections we should do like a sort of introduce them in a fancy way like saying the number like number 10 so i guess i'll do a deep voice like that when i say my number and okay. what do you, what, how do you want to say each number? I don't know. I guess it'll come to me as I say it. Okay, so however you say number 10, that's how you follow that pattern that you all set right. for yourself for all the subsequent okay. numbers. Um, okay, so I guess we'll uh, go ahead and get right into it then. And the uh, first section of the show is always called first um but uh in, when we do a top 10 episode like this the, the bulk of the episode the vast bulk is in the favorite section so and the, the first in the forever will be kind of quick a little prologue and an epilogue if you will so and for the, the first forever. section we're gonna don't forget go. our dedication oh yes of course we do have one little bit of uh information to discuss um 
and it relates to TV, before we get into our main topic, um, is someone, uh, a titan of TV, recently passed away. Uh, Mr. Carl Reiner lived to 98 years old. He was, he's, when was his first appearance on TV, Aunt Beth? Oh, I don't know. It predates both of us. Yes. Well, we said he wrote for your show shows, but I don't know if he ever appeared on that, right? That was in the 50s. Right. And was that the inspiration for the Dick Van Dyke show? Yeah, that was the inspiration. Um, and then he was on the Dick Van Dyke show, which started in the 1960. Um, I don't know if that was his first. I sh- we should have looked that up. If he had been on any shows before that or not. Let me see. Know. I'm looking. Let me quick bring up his IMDb page. That should give us yeah. a good indication of when his first on-screen appearance was. Let's see. His first acting credit is 1948, a TV oh. show called The Fashion Story. Oh my God! <laughs> wow. Okay, so that was 20s, 30s, 40s. He could have been in his late his late 20s, maybe? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, if he would have been born about 1922. 22? Yeah. Let's see, so. he was born March 20th, 1922. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Wow. He was he was still doing some things up until not that long ago. His his most recent credit is um oh he he was the voice of uh Carl Rhinoceros in Toy Story Four. <laughs> he was just so talented writer, director, uh, well creator, and just a- actor and just a uh, and he just. But your dad was saying when we texted that how we thought he was so mean and scary because of his role on the Dick Van Dyke show and then found out that he's one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. And he, But we just have a special place in our heart for him because Jeff's dad, who my brother and I, our favorite show of all time is the Dick Van Dyke show, and Carl Reiner created that show. And so... I will just forever love Carl Reiner, so so I'm sad about him. But I, he must have lived a great life. He lived till 98 years of age. Yeah, and he has some appearances, some TV appearances in the 2010s, and some shows that we might be talking about today. Oh. Hmm. that would be interesting. Yeah. Them came up. Okay. Oh. All right. So we should probably start. Okay. Out. Yeah. We've got we've got plenty of plenty yeah. to talk about. So I guess yeah. Let's let's jump right into it. Yeah. So for the first section, uh, we are going to use our mental time machines to go back to 2010 and ask ourselves, what did we think of the state of TV comedy? In 2010, what were we watching back then? And Aunt Beth, I'll let you go first. Well, when I looked back, I, I uh, found that I was pretty optimistic because I found um, the 
bunch of good shows that I was watching. So I said I must have been pretty optimistic about the state of comedy at the start of the decade because the things I was, I just wrote about six of them down. I was watching um, Raising Hope, Modern Family, Glee, The Middle, Suburgatory, and Community. So those are six pretty uh, great shows. Mm -hmm. So that seemed pretty promising to me at the time. Um, you know, on and off since then, there haven't. There's been years where, you know, when September comes and and you watch some of the new comedies and they're not always as good. But that was a pretty good year. So yeah. So I seem I was pretty optimistic. What about you? Well, so in 2010, that was the last semester of college for me. So I think that, that was a good time to be watching TV with my dorm mates. And I think that was that season, I think, was the best or the last great lineup for NBC Thursday Night Comedy. Uh, Community was in its first season. Parks and Rec was in its second. And The Office and the Rock, 30 Rock were still going strong. Um. And ABC was kind of on the rise. Modern Family had just started. Um, and the middle had just started. I didn't start I didn't start watching until a couple of years later, but the I think ABC overall had a strong decade of comedy in the twenty mm -hmm. tens. So those shows we just mentioned, they they might uh, I think they might be making some um, our my list or your list or maybe both of our lists. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I think we've held everyone in suspense long enough, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm sure they're biting their nails waiting. Yes. We we've certainly been hyping it to everyone <laughs> who, who will listen. Um but I think uh so for the order, I believe I went first for our movies list. So I guess I'll let you go or wait or yeah, I think yes, that's right. I went first last time. Okay. So I'll let you go first this time. So okay. Aunt Beth, so we are starting our favorite movies for the 2010s. And we're starting with number 10. Number 10. <laughs> I was exploring dimensional kinematics. Admit it, he's adopted. How can I be adopted when I have a twin sister? Think, monkey. Think. That's enough. No one's adopted. I wish I was. That can still be arranged. And I asked Jeff if I was allowed to have a tie, which is kind of cheating, but, and I actually made a change at the last minute because for some reason I could, this, I, w I looked a second time and this did not show up on 2017, but I, so I don't know what happened, but I put down. So I have young Sheldon, <clears throat> which is from 2017 and it was not in the IMD list. Um, so Young Sheldon, it's interesting that this is on my list because I was not a fan of The Big Bang Theory as a huge amount of people were. Mm. And I'm saying that online here, but <laughs> but I do love Young Sheldon. Um, Ian Armitage plays him as it starts off as a, he's a nine-year-old, so it's basically him growing up. And it's, it's really interesting because it's – it takes a look at what it was like being, you know, he, he has skipped four grades and suddenly he's a nine-year-old entering high school. And it takes a look at um, what that's like for a child to 
you know, how he adapts to high school and, and being a genius and how he adapts and how he's treated by his family, his friends, his teachers. And it's just, I, I find it, I think it's very well written. I love the cast. Um, I love his relationship with Annie Potts, who's been around forever, plays his mm-hmm. law, his grandmother, and she's hilarious. Um, oh, what's his name? He just started playing her boyfriend. Um, Craig Clay, T. Nelson? Craig T. Nelson. Uh-huh. So it's got great people on it. So uh, so I won't talk too long, since I have a tie. I don't menstruate. Yeah? Neither do I. My second one was Glee, <clears throat> which was from 2009. And I almost didn't include that, but I really did love that at the time. That, I think, was on for six seasons, mm-hmm. and that was pretty innovative for the time. It was a about a high school glee club, and it was a musical, which, you know, wasn't did, hadn't fared well before that, had to have any kind of music on TV. And so it was these kids joined, you know, back then it was kind of nerdy to join the Glee Club, but these kids joined and they had a great uh, uh, teacher or uh, advisor, whatever you call it, of of the Glee Club. And it wasn't just about the Glee Club, basically, you know, it was their lives and, and adventures also and got into their backgrounds. And so basically a high school show also, but it had great music and um I, I enjoyed it. So those are my two tied for ten, for number 10. Yeah. Glee, yeah, Glee kind of kicked off a trend. I think there is there is a place for musical TV shows now. Yeah, that, and that probably started it, yeah. Okay, will you go ahead on yours? Okay, so I'll go ahead and get started with my list. And so... Number 10. Okay. So do I take this meat to grill just right? I do. Bob's Burgers. Okay. An animated show on Fox Sunday nights started in 2011. It's still going strong. Uh, Do we have a... That's my phone. It stopped. Oh, no, it didn't, but I'm hanging up. Sorry. Is that... um... Sorry about that. Is that uh, um, someone from the Belcher family getting excited that they heard that they just made the list? Yeah, that's wrong. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so Bob's Burgers is about the the Belcher family who uh, live in a building where they also run a fast food joint in a um, seaside town. It's never specified where exactly it is, but it's most likely New Jersey. And it's, I think it's perhaps the most consistent show of the decade. It's still going strong after nearly 200 episodes. Yeah. Uh, still, it feels like a new show to me, even though it's been around for quite a while. What year did you say it started? 2011. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it's, it's about a weird family in a town of weirdos and it really celebrates weirdness. It's, it's uh, just an ex- inclusive and expressive and very silly show. And just when you have all those ingredients, that's uh, 
something you're you're happy to visit week in and week out. Mm-hmm. And it has what's his name, John Robert, that does. The John voice. Roberts, yes, he's the <laughs> he's the voice of the the wife and mom, Linda. Yeah, so how could uh, you? Yeah, great him? voice cast, Linda. Uh, John Roberts, who you might also know from his YouTube videos. I know that's how my sister Katie okay. first. Uh, yeah, discovered cool. him. He plays the, what is it, the New Jersey mom that yeah, he calls yeah. the videos. Uh-huh. And he, he, Linda is basically the same character as he plays. Oh, okay. so, yeah, so the, the rest way. of the Belcher family is voiced by H. John Benjamin and um, Kristen Shaw, Eugene Merman, and Dan Mintz. It's, yeah, it's got a, an excellent voice cast all across the board. Yeah, I've never watched a whole. I've seen bits and pieces, so. Yeah, I definitely think you'd enjoy. Yeah. Quite a bit. Okay. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. They're looking for unconventional women. Whatever the hell that means. Glow. This is a show from 2017. Also. From Glee to Glow. Glee to Glow. Glow stands for the Glorious Ladies of Wrestling. Isn't it it gorgeous? Oh, gorgeous. Yes. Why did I write glorious? (laughs) It's gorgeous. They they are (laughs) glorious, but. That's right. Thank you for catching that. And it's been it's on Netflix, or I think. Mm Yeah. Um, and it's based on a real show from the 1980s. And it's just a lot of fun. I, I I hadn't remembered this happening in the 80s, but it's about these women that are um, in it. They become these wrestlers. They they're it looks at their personal and professional lives. It takes place in L.A. And when they're these wrestlers, they all take on these different characters. And it's just funny. I mean, you wouldn't. I'm not a wrestling fan, so it's not that type of, you don't have to enjoy wrestling to enjoy the show. It's just a a great, there's a lot of camaraderie of the women, and it's fun to see them acting out these, or, or practicing for their performances, and how they get so into it, and, and then it's just very enjoyable. I, I've, I think there's, has there just been two seasons or three? I can't remember. Okay, so um, I'm not giving it enough. It's just, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's not all like la-di-da happiness, but it, but it's it's just really fun to watch. And one of your favorites, Alison Brie, is the star. Mm-hmm. She is just fantastic in it. So do you watch it, Jeff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Actually, I just finished the third season, oh, okay. I think, yeah. a week ago. Okay. So yeah, I, I just have really enjoyed that. It's not it's something different than I think I would have normally watched, but I know I your dad. Like you're a fan of it. I feel like you're a fan of several shows that are like behind the scenes of something that you're not otherwise a fan of. Mm. Like, like Friday Night Lights, you're not you love that show, but you're not really a, a big football fan. Yeah, and that's what I like because you don't always have to be, you know and that sometimes I'll even say that about the show. It's like, you don't have to be a sports fan or a football Mm -hmm. fan to enjoy some of these shows. But so that's my glow. Okay. All 
right, so my number nine. For a marriage that I spoiled, I gotta go, I gotta go. Okay, okay, uh, hold a moment. I gotta go. I said hold a moment, please. Documentary Now is a very specific show. It's on IFC. It's been around since 2015, and it's uh, the work of several funny people. Uh, Bill Hader, Fred Armisen, Seth Meyers, and uh, a fellow named Reese Thomas are the four creators of the show. This is a mockumentary series. Each episode is a new story that parodies an actual documentary or is in the style of uh, certain documentaries. So they've done parodies of um, the, uh, what's it called, uh, Grey Gardens, the documentary about the cousins of um, Jackie Kennedy. So Bill and Fred played like a, a version of that. And they've done um, an episode called Juan Likes Rice and Chicken, which is a parody of the food documentary Jiro Dreams of Sushi. And one episode that a lot of people really liked from last season was called um, Original Cast Album Co-op, which was a parody of Original Cast Album Company. Um, if you're if you're a Broadway nerd, if you're a musical nerd, then... Um, that was kind of tailor-made for you but it's um i would say one question that comes up uh in discussions about this show pretty often is do i need to be familiar with the documentaries that they're parodying to be able to enjoy it and i would say a resounding no as Mm -hmm. i have not seen uh the majority of what they're parodying and i find every episode to be pretty much uniformly satisfying because yeah yeah, they just um the guys who work on these shows they just um dedicate a lot of love to the characters in these parodies so like they could work as just little stories on their own um even without the documentary parody structure yeah, I enjoyed that too. I liked the one with the about the uh, I was I know if it was based on Loggins and Messina about the the duet. Did you see that? You must have seen that. That was a couple oh. seasons ago, based on a duo, uh, do um, well rock duo. Was it the the store the Blue Jean Committee? Yeah. Yeah, I think favorite. it was mostly based on the Eagles. Oh, the Eagles? Yeah, it probably incorporated like elements of a lot of seventies bands, but Okay. Yeah, that, that I think that's my favorite episode so far. Yeah, that's the whole series. And it culminates in a moment where yeah, so Bill Hader and Fred Armisen they play two longtime bandmates in this soft rock band, sort of like the the Malibu sound of the seventies, the California surfer sound and they're close bandmates, but then they have falling outs. They have fights, as bandmates often do. And then at the end, it culminates with the band being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, if I'm remembering correctly. And 
those two characters are about to see each other for the first time in years. And as they're walking on stage, you're like, what's going to happen? Are they going to, are they going to fight each other on stage? Are they going to be nice to each other? And, um, it's actually, it's a sweet ending what actually ends up happening. And I, I think I choked up a bit. Yeah, I do. I'd like to watch it again now that you said that, but yeah, that, that probably is my favorite too. Okay. Number eight, 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 eight. I can't remember how I'm saying this. Bonnie Alcoholic. I bought, I bought this jacket for my husband. There was nothing in it for me. No quid pro quo. <laughs> Just an honest woman, love and honor man. But guess what? Turns out men don't care. Hmm? Write that down, youngins. Don't care. <laughs> Should have bought him the Instapot that I wanted. But I didn't. And you know why? Because I've evolved. So thank God for sobriety and thank God my ingrate husband and I are roughly the same size. Mom from 2013. I didn't realize that that's been on that long. I always want to um, yell mom. I always want to yell that title. Mom. <laughs> Is it mom? Kind of like uh, Will, Will Ferrell in Wedding Crashers when he's yelling at his mom. The, oh, okay. The mom is about um, a newly sober single mom played by Anna Faris and her relationship with her sober mom um, played by Allison. What's her last name? Jenny. <laughs> Jenny. Um, and basically their relationship. They had, you know, for years her mom was absent and they had a terrible relationship and now they've kind of rebuilt the relationship now that they're both sober. And so it's about the, their bond that they formed. And then when it first started out, the uh, Christy is who Anna Faris plays. She had two children and it was more about that, the children, but the children. The children have kind of vanished from the show, which is <laughs> they do that sometimes on shows. And now it's really about um, they've all met. They every week they show a scene from an AA meeting, which uh-huh. is really, it's really kind of nice. It's well done. And so the show is really about there's six women. And it's mostly about the friendship of these six women that they that have all met through AA. Um, so it's more so that than than what it used to be. So it really did change after a couple of years. But I love seeing Alice and Jenny in a comic role. You know, she's mostly I've seen her before. Prior to that, I had only seen her in serious roles, and she is great at comedy and even yeah. physical comedy too. Um, and I don't always like, this is, what's his name? Chuck, um, Laurie, Laurie. And I don't always like all his stuff, but this, this, I I really like, uh, the second Chuck Laurie show you have on your list. The, oh yeah. uh, Isn't that weird? Because there's stuff of his I never liked, but I, (laughs) that's interesting that I do have that. Yeah, I, I really like the writing in this, uh, and I, I mean, every week it's pretty consistent, so so that's my, yep, that's my choice. Very oh, funny can... and very touching, I would say, almost every week. Good combination. Yeah. Um, when you mentioned the um, Anna Ferris's disappearing daughters, that's 
think they call that Chuck Cunningham syndrome. What is it? Chuck what? Oh, Chuck I'm Cunningham syndrome. <laughs> that was that his older brother on. Uh, yeah, Richie on Happy Day. Richie's <laughs> older brother Day. just disappeared after yeah. a season or two. Actually, that's even older. That happened on My Three Sons in the '60s. They had an older brother. Oh, what was his name? There was Rob and um, Ernie and another middle brother, but there was an older brother, older than Rob, that just kind of disappeared. Mm. <laughs> so were there still three sons? or? Well, so then they, they adopted, oh, what was Ernie's friend? I can't, why can't, Chip. They adopted Chip, so then they still had three sons. <laughs> but it's like, don't they think the people are going to notice that suddenly there's, the oldest son isn't there anymore. Mike. The oldest son was Mike. Oh, but he somehow was gone after a few years. But anyway. All right. You're number eight. I'm keeping track of yours to see how well I'm doing. All right. Uh, number eight. Well, Josh, hey, Josh, do you have a comment for Newswire? Listen, we noticed you've done a lot of nice things for Rosa lately. Is there any truth to the rumors that you're running for boyfriend? I don't know where you heard that. I am uh, more than proud of my current position as Rosa's friend. Man Seeking Woman. It's an FX show that aired for three seasons starting in 2015. Starred Jay Baruchel as a man seeking a woman. It was uh, about his uh, character's love life. Um, his uh, name on the show was Josh, and it was based on the book The Last Girlfriend on Earth by Simon Rich, who also created the show. And basically the hook of this show was it literalized the metaphors of romantic relationships. So I think in, I think it was the first episode, Josh is meeting an ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend and he's heard that this guy is as bad as Hitler and he meets the guy and it's actually Hitler like as if Hitler were still alive and now we're like 90 years old and in a wheelchair uh, and then in another episode um, there are people who are there's some girls who are on tinder and they come across Josh's profile and they're swiping left or swiping right. And then we cut to Josh and he's getting thrashed about the room whenever these oh, girls are swiping his profile. The literalization show, showing you the in clear visual terms how these characters feel while they're navigating how they feel on the inside seeing what it looks like on the outside really let you into um it, it kind of serves as a guide to help you navigate your own uh romantic minefield this we're not actually getting thrown around the room when we're on dating apps but it's that's what it feels like yeah it was it allowed for plenty of imagination did you say it was on how many seasons three seasons okay, okay. all right let's see number seven number seven did you know there are 432 girls at our school and 91 of them have a name that starts with an m which is 21 percent and the national average is only nine percent i 100 percent don't care mine is atypical 
Okay. Um, from also from a few from 2017, and this was one a show that I made Jeff watch. That's right. <laughs> Which I know he's glad he did. <laughs> this was mm-hmm. also on Netflix. I think it's been three seasons now. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I'm um, currently watching the third season, so yeah, I think that's. You're on the third season now. Yeah. And this is about, I don't know, if, I'm, I think I must have read about it and started watching it. It's about a boy named Sam who's autistic or on the spectrum, however they want to describe it. And basically it's, uh, you know, to put it simply, it's just about his struggles in high school and everyday life, um, you know, to be autistic and how do you navigate through life um, with the, with some with special need, I guess, and uh, I guess what I like, it's just got a great cast. Jennifer Jason Lee plays his mom. Michael Rapoport plays his dad. I hadn't seen his sister before, um, but I really like her. I love... He's going to be in the new Bill and Ted movie. Oh, okay. I've seen he's... her since then in one or two shows. And she's really good, and she, and I love she, her, and his, um, Sam's relationship, because she treats him, she's just, you mean, like, she's, can be, can tease him and be mean to him, but she would not let anybody do, you know, take advantage of him at all, like, you can tell she just loves him and would protect him from anybody, even though she's his younger sister, Bridget yeah. um, Lundy Payne is uh, yes, the actress's yeah. name. And then I like the guy who plays her boyfriend, and um, and then they talk about you know he he gets to the age where he wants he decides he wants to have a girlfriend and right. how he's gonna go about that. He has a he sees a therapist. He has a crush on the therapist. He has a funny best friend and and talks about the guy who played his best friend, uh, Zahid, his name's Nick Dodani, who was on the uh, the Murphy Brown revival. I, you know, I only watched that for once or twice, but I saw that and I said, oh, I knew he looked familiar. Yep. He was funny, Zahid. And then also about, you know, going to college and then also not just looks at him, but the parents, and which I thought was really interesting, like to see the mom who has taken, she had more of the care of him growing up than the dad. And so for her to think about letting go of, uh, you know, of to think about him going away to college and how scary that would be after she's had him at home with her all these years. I mean, it's scary enough with, with your child, but for a child that has, that's autistic or whatever to, um, for her to think about him being away, and I think it does a good job with that. And um, same thing where it's also very funny and touching. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like it. I think. Have you read if they're doing another season? I believe they're. It has been renewed, and the fourth season is going to be the last. Oh, good. Okay. And it actually says it on Netflix when I when I'm watching it says. New episodes arriving in 2021. Oh, good. Okay. I will look forward to that. Okay. 
All right, back over to me. Number seven. Oh, are we talking about me again? We have an offer on the table for you to play the bad guy in the new James Bond. Eh. I agree. Total garbage. But this, it's a new drama from the Coen brothers. A western about a one-horse town. And you're the horse! What do you think? I think now's the time to finally make Secretariat. Aren't you a little, um, very too old? You asked me what I wanted to do. That's all I've ever wanted. And if I can't get it now, then all of this has been for nothing. Bojack Horseman. This is, uh, we're sticking in the Netflix family. This is an animated show about a person named, or a horse person, rather, named Bojack Horseman, who, voiced by uh, Will Arnett, he is an actor who had a, as the theme song says, or the, the end credits theme song says, he had a hit TV show in the 90s. And he's kind of been coasting on that fame. Now he's a washed up, overweight, alcoholic actor trying to make a comeback. And uh, he's surrounded by a bunch of other weird, wacky characters. Some of them humans, some of them anthropomorphic animals. This is a world where humans and animals live among each other. Um, And uh, that leads to some goofy things. Uh, The other main characters are... Uh, Diane, who's a human, she starts out as a voice by Alison Brie. She starts out as the ghost writer for Bojack's memoir. And then there's Bojack's sort of uh, rival, but uh, this other guy doesn't see it that way. He thinks they're great friends. Mr. Peanut Butter, a uh, golden retriever voiced by Paul F. Tompkins. Then there's uh, Bojack's house guest, Todd a human voiced by Aaron Paul and his agent, who's also his ex-girlfriend or was he his manager? I think she was his agent. There's a running joke on the show about the difference between agents and managers, but uh, uh, the one who's the main character is uh, princess Caroline voiced by Amy Sedaris. And and she is a cat. Um, Overall, (laughs) this is a show that combines resonant, character psychology and goofy animal puns and that 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 mix of um resonance and uh, silliness makes for a match made in heaven <laughs> sounds like it's got some good voice people too yes it does. It sounds crazy <laughs> it's oh. it's uh it's quite a show how long has that been so yeah that started in 2014 it just uh, wrapped up earlier this year did uh six seasons altogether i believe for a while then yeah so okay number six number six number six okay people you know the drill mike you'll drop us off and park in the overflow lot axel you run in and lay yourself across the pew saving seats until brick comes there with the coats and this time actually save the seats don't give it away to old people the guy was a world war ii veteran you say no to that oh anybody can buy one of those hats and say they were in the war we talked about this show earlier it's the middle from 2009 and this was about a middle class family also living in middle America. Um, Basically, their struggles just to get through everyday life, led by Patricia Heaton, who played the mom. And they, um, I mean, you could simplify it and basically say that it's just a show that tries to show the importance of family. 
but it's a lot heavier and, or deeper and funnier than that. I mean, every almost every week there was a good lesson, but but deep down, that's what it, what it was showing you the value of family. I mean, she every week Patricia Heaton would almost always stress that you always. Oh, I think her quote was, "We do for family." Was that what it something like that, Jeff? Wasn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I think it was that. I'm but, like that. yeah, I mean, so they have, it's a family with three kids, and the kids are all a little quirky, especially their youngest son. Um, and, but yet it's not, you know, it could sound, it could just be a silly show with the same old three quirky kids. And, but I don't know what, I'm trying to think, and I, I shouldn't be asking you I should be saying I'm trying to think what made it stand out that it it didn't just seem like the same old type of you know sitcom with just because sometimes the kids can be obnoxious you know if they try to be too quirky or too um, take on that same role but these kids were very funny Um, Sue Heck was very lovable the middle yeah, child one of my favorite characters of the day yeah of all time i think she was just so lovable yeah. such a positive child um character and you, you almost couldn't help but love her and i just enjoyed it and and i it was a lot of people commented it came out the same year as modern family and i did love modern family some people didn't but but yeah it didn't it never got the attention um from the critics that modern family got and and I thought it was you know it should have probably was well deserved to have gotten some more recognition mm-hmm. uh, but it did last was it on 10 years nine years I believe yeah it was kind of appropriate I think for to the spirit of the show that it didn't get as much attention well, yeah, that's maybe <laughs> yeah but it was quite it's really fun I, the, I talked to a lot more people lately that have said that oh I used to love that show or I watched that show and yeah there were some that really and also you know that you'd watch and that would make me choke up sometimes too so and that was fun if you had watched Scrubs from years ago with a Neil that played the janitor Neil Flynn yeah and never talked to that and then I loved seeing him and he plays the dad in this and a good role for him in this so it's a good show. Mhm. Neil Flynn's a good Jeopardy player as well. Oh, is he? As yeah, he's he been on Celebrity. He Jeopardy. was, yeah, and I, I believe oh. he won his match. Oh. Okay. It was him okay. versus uh, Vince Gilligan and I think Deborah Messing. Oh. Okay. Um. Okay. So I'll go ahead and uh, here is number six. Welcome to K Rico. Can I take your order? Uh, Tangerine Fanta, please. Um, Tangerine Fanta, please. Uh, we do not have that. Um, they do not have that. Tab, it's fine. Um, just a tab then. No. Nope. Pepsi Lime. Pepsi Lime. We have Coke. They have Coke. Newer classic. Is a newer classic. Just regular Coke. Okay, Schweppes then, Schweppes. Okay, just the Schweppes then. And it is Baskets. Oh, jeez. An FX show starring Zach Galifianakis as a couple of characters, twin brothers, 
Chip and Dale baskets. Chip is a clown, a struggling clown. Um, if uh, baskets is to be believed, you can't make much more than pennies as a clown these days, but it's what Chip knows he's been called to do. Uh, it's a it's a, a show that's both very understated and very silly. Um, the humor of Zach Galifianakis is kind of something that hits me squarely in my funny bone. Um, it's like it's it's presented as the story of a of a true artist's struggle. Like there's nothing he can do but clowning, uh, and his mother is played by Louie Anderson. Uh, Louis Anderson in drag, um, basically playing his mother. That's kind of uh, how he's described it. He uh, took inspiration from his own life, and uh, it's a really uh, affecting performance. Like, it's never played as a joke that here's this guy playing a woman. It's just that's happening how they happened to cast it and mm-hmm. he won an Emmy for it. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, so it's, it's resonated with uh, the people who watched it. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a formula that works for me. Very silly, but also very serious in how it treats its silliness. Mm-hmm. Rory loves that Galifianakis too. So I wonder if he's, I'll have to ask him if he's watched that. Did you say what station is that or what? Um, it's on uh, FX. FX, that's right. Ran for four seasons. <laughs> so yeah, we were, we're uh, halfway done yeah, with right, our list right now. There. So yeah, that um that concludes part one. So um I think Aunt Beth and I have some more to say, but we're gonna leave you listeners, we're gonna leave you in suspense for the top of our lists for a little longer. Um, we're gonna you'll be hearing the rest of it our top fives next week in the meantime follow us on uh, Instagram Facebook and uh, Twitter and make sure you leave us a review and a rating on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on Aunt Beth do you have anything to uh, add? Uh, No I don't think so okay watching well in the meantime uh, as always keep your remotes handy and your eyes open